You can't stop this truth train. We apologize for the technical difficulties, but we're here and we're live. Here's the thing. Justice for Ahmaud Arbery has not been finalized. Even though the McMichaels and Roddy Bryan have been convicted of the murder of Ahmaud Arbery, the DA has been indicted for covering up the initial murder. And it caused me to ask a question. I wonder if the DA has covered up a murder before. Well, guess what? I have found evidence, ladies and gentlemen, that this DA, Jackie Johnson, has likely covered up a murder before. And if we would have caught it then, maybe justice would have been swift in the Ahmaud Arbery case, or maybe even the McMichaels may not have believed they had the protection of the DA to do what they did. The former DA of the Brunswick County, the Brunswick County Circuit, Jackie Johnson, was indicted um, back in September for covering up the murder of Ahmaud Arbery. But it gets deeper than that, and more people are involved, and I'm calling out every single one of them. It took police 74 days to arrest the killers of Ahmaud Arbery. The GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation, says the primary reason for this delay is because the former Brunswick District Attorney, Jackie Johnson, delayed everything. Let's put up a picture of the now indicted district attorney. This is courtesy of the Glenn County Sheriff's Office. All right. I want you to remember that face because that's a thug. That's a criminal. For her alleged role in preventing a proper investigation, D.A. Johnson, 49 years of age, was indicted September 8th by a Glenn County grand jury on charges of violation of oath of public officer and obstruction and hindering a law enforcement officer. Her indictment states she should have been indicted for aiding and abetting. Johnson was booked into the Glenn County Jail in September about an, for about an hour on a $10,000 bond. But she was released on her own recognizance, which means she did not have to post any monetary bond. Johnson, now let me give you the background to how this happened. After these murderers killed Ahmaud Arbery, the district attorney at that time, Jackie Johnson, recused herself from working on the Arbery case and recommended the Waycross DA, which is a neighboring jurisdiction, the Waycross DA, George Barnhill, to take over. She sought assistance from Barnhill before turning the case over to him. So you got to follow it, all right? She has already gotten involved in the case because according to the narrative from the prosecutors, she is the reason why the police never arrested the McMichaels or Mr. Roddy Bryan. But on paper, what she did was she technically recused herself from the case and then recruited this guy. Let's put up his picture. This is Mr. Barnhill. She recruited Mr. Barnhill, a neighboring district attorney, okay? According to the indictment, Johnson also knowingly and willingly directed two Glenn County police officers not to arrest Travis McMichael, contrary to the laws of said state, the indictment says. 
George E. Barnhill, the elected DA for the Waycross Circuit, recused himself of the case. So he gets the case. He ends up recusing himself of the case um, in February. Why? Because Ahmaud Arbery's mother, her name is Wanda Cooper Jones. Ms. Jones, a remarkable woman, I've interviewed her before, insisted that DA Barnhill had a conflict of interest. Barnhill said his son, his son works for Jackie Johnson, the Brunswick DA, and that Greg McMichael worked in that office as an investigator and later retired. Do you see the connection here? They all know each other and they know each other very well. This is not a passive association. These people know each other very well. Let's put up a picture of Barnhill again because this guy has not been talked about like he should. Barnhill should be indicted. I'm gonna make the case for it. Barnhill wrote a letter. He gets the case, he later recuses himself, but before he recuses himself, he decides to write a letter to the Glenn County Police Department telling them why they should not prosecute or arrest the McMichaels or Roddy Bryan. Barnhill's, Barnhill's letter to Glenn County Police got national attention because in it, he justifies the deadly shooting of Aubrey, who was unarmed. The longtime prosecutor wrote, and I quote, we do not see grounds for an arrest of any of the three parties. It goes on to say, Travis McMichael, his father, Greg McMichael, and the man who he says shot the video, Brian Williams, were following in hot pursuit of a burglary suspect with solid firsthand probable cause. When was the last time you heard a DA sound like your defense attorney? Misquoting the law, citing facts not in evidence, contrary to the rule of law for said state, doing what's antithetical to what they were elected to do. This guy, Barnhill, that's exactly what he did. He wrote a letter to Glenn County saying, oh no, there's nothing to prosecute here, and then cited law that was not accurate to the case at all. No evidence whatsoever. But here's the other thing. Jackie Johnson, the DA who has been indicted, likely covered up another murder. Let me bring your attention to 2010, June 18th. Caroline Small, that's her name. A petite 35-year-old woman and mother of two set behind the wheel of her beat-up Buick Century with nowhere to turn. Police vehicles flanked her on two sides. A shallow ditch was on another and a utility pole blocked her rear bumper. She was going nowhere. Let me show you a picture of the deceased Caroline Small. After they shot her, she died. She never regained consciousness again. Unarmed but distraught, her crime to that point was only reckless driving and leading police on an erratic low speed chase that ended when her car tires flattened to the rims, spun out on a suburban street. Sirens blared and officers shouted as she put the car to reverse, then drive, then reverse. The car was not moving. It had nowhere to go. It could not move. Two officers stood ground, 
near their cars, guns drawn. One cop says on the video, if she moves the car, I'm going to shoot her. An officer yelled. Small pulled forward, eight bullets tore through the windshield, striking her in the head and the face. The shooting was captured on police dash cam video. Let me, bring, let me tell you why I'm bringing this to your attention. Jackie Johnson, when she was appointed DA and then ran for DA later, she inherited this case. Well, she presented evidence to the grand jury. Members of that grand jury, they have now come out and said she did not present proper evidence to them based on what they know about the case now. So grand jury members have broken protocol to say that they regret not indicting those cops, but they did not indict those cops because the DA, Jackie Johnson, presented misleading information about their death, about the death of this one woman and about their shooting this one woman, Caroline Small. Here's what else happened. The GBI believed it was in fact murder. One retired GBI agent said he had never seen such a clear case of police misconduct and murder. He said that for the record, it went nowhere. Same DA. All right, this is uh, one of the most extreme cases of government corruption and cover up. However, it's not the only one. To talk more about this, I have Molly Palmer, uh, criminal defense attorney and legal analyst. Molly, thank you for being on the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Tell me how you see this legally. You work in the legal field. We got a lot of dirty people. That's my conclusion. What are your thoughts? Listen, not only do I work in the legal field, I work in Georgia. That is the yes. state I practice in. And you're right. I mean, you talk about government corruption and prosecutorial misconduct at the most extreme level. I'm so glad you're talking about it, Dr. Ritchie, because I know that after the Ahmaud Arbery verdict, a lot of people said, well, this is justice. But partial justice is not justice. And I think looking at as to why the McMichaels and Roddy Bryant were indicted for months is part of bringing justice to the Deep South, to this part of rural Georgia, where this kind of stuff has been going on for who knows how long, decades. George Barnhill, the letter that he wrote in April after reviewing Ahmad Arbery's autopsy when he was recusing himself, should never have offered an opinion about whether or not he should prosecute the McMichaels. And yet he lays out in two pages why he believes there are no grounds for charges against these individuals. He's still in office, okay? Jackie Johnson, she was voted out. We have Keith Higgins in her place. There have been a lot of changes since DA Higgins took that role down there in that district. She's been indicted, but George Barnhill remains in office. He is the district attorney of the Waycross Circuit, and he has suffered no repercussions for his role in delaying the prosecution for those who killed Ahmaud Arbery. And it's shocking, and I'm so glad that you're talking about it. Yeah, and it's really interesting. Um, I know Higgins, I've had Higgins on my radio show. He ran as an independent candidate. He actually worked for Jackie uh, Johnson. Uh, Barnhill, who initially received some media attention, has largely been left out of the conversation, but we're gonna put him squarely back in the middle of it. Um, very well said uh, about how this is really indicative of, uh, of the criminal justice system, specifically in Southern states. Uh, let me now bring everyone to New Jersey. There's a New Jersey police officer who hit a pedestrian, killed the pedestrian, put the body 
in the trunk of his car, took the body home, then brought the body back to the scene of the killing. I kid you not. Let's put up his mug shot. Uh, a New Jersey police officer faces a slew of charges after allegedly striking a pedestrian on a parkway, leaving the scene, and then taking the victim's body to his home. This guy's name is Luis Santiago, 25 years of age, has been charged with reckless homicide, desecrating human remains, and other related charges after striking a pedestrian on the Garden State Parkway. That's according to a statement Thursday from acting Essex County Prosecutor Theodore Stevens II. So let me give you some background to this insane story. On November 1st, around 3 a.m., Santiago allegedly struck the victim with a 2,500 Accord. He was driving and did not call 911. Instead, he allegedly left the scene of the accident, came back to the scene, placed the victim in his car, and then at some point returned to the scene with the victim's dead body. Santiago allegedly took the body of the victim, Damien Z. Daimka, a 29-year-old nurse from Garfield, uh, New Jersey, to his home in Bloomfield, where he discussed with his mother, of all people, what to do with the body. That'll be damned, right? It gets deeper. Police discovered the victim in the backseat of the car after who? Santiago's father, a lieutenant with the Newark Police Department called 911 to report that his son had been in an accident, according to the prosecutor's statement. Um, also facing charges is Albert Guzman, 25, um, who allegedly was the passenger uh, during this time, and Annette Santiago is the mother. Um, amazing. So, Molly, let me ask you this. There's a police officer. Police officer gets into an accident. Somebody's dead. This cop places the dead body inside of his car, engages in significant cover-up involving members of his family, the passenger, etc. If a cop is willing to do this for an accident, do you think this is an upstanding officer? So what's going to happen to this cop? What should happen to this cop? I mean, the hope would be that the system prosecutes this cop as they would somebody else who maybe doesn't have the inherent authority that he has by virtue of his badge. Um, but we'll have to see, you know, is he going to receive preferential treatment in the system because he is a police officer and he is, you know, a representative of the government? Um, I find it really interesting because this is like classic good cop, bad cop. We have this young emboldened officer who engages in concealing a death, obstructing justice, uh, reckless manslaughter, if not a slew of other charges. But then we have his dad, also a cop, a lieutenant, who turns his son and his wife in. So it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. But I have to say that, you know, for dad, for the lieutenant to call 911 on his own son, does say something for uh, how seriously he takes his role as an officer. Yep. All right. Um, charges have been dropped in the shooting of a young lady. Young lady was shot in the back because a cop says she made a mistake 
and thought she was shooting her taser. Sounds familiar. We've been here before, okay? Uh, let's put up a picture of the victim. All charges have been dropped for a former police officer who shot a woman in the back. She was a cop at the time after allegedly confusing her gun for a taser. The victim's name is Ashley Fountain Hall. That's Miss Hall, all right? She actually survived. This story has a twist, and I don't know if I agree with it. Julia Cruz, let's put a picture up. She's the cop. Julia Cruz was a police officer uh, in a well-to-do sub suburb in Missouri on April 23rd, 2019, when she was called to a Schnucks grocery store where Ashley Fountain Hall, her victim, and another woman were accused of taking a grocery cart of steaks and seafood without paying. Hall allegedly struck a grocery worker in the face. Store workers held Hall down in the parking lot until police arrived. Cruz, who you have seen, said she intended to deploy her taser to restrain Hall, who is black. Ms. Cruz is white. But according to Ms. Uh, Cruz, she made a mistake and pulled out a service firearm and shot Hall in the back. Cruz did resign after the shooting. It gets deeper. The ex-cop was charged with second-degree assault, which has a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison. And Hall spent nearly three weeks in the hospital with several organ injuries, including a lacerated stomach, a gunshot wound, fractured ribs, and more. Hall, who was already a stroke survivor, also had to have her spleen removed. She told KSDK in an interview that she was dead upon arriving at the hospital, but emergency personnel, uh, they brought her back, all right? The prosecuting attorney, now watch how the hand and glove fits here. The prosecuting attorney, Wesley Bell's office, said Cruz and Hall agreed to participate in a restorative justice mediation conducted through a video conference. What? Let me show you a picture of the video conference. Restorative justice mediation at work here. The victim and the offender will work together toward a resolution, typically with the help of a facilitator, okay? After the mediation, the victim, Ashley Fountain Hall, agreed to drop all charges, saying they both received closure from the discussion. Uh, the city has agreed to pay Hall $2 million. She was never charged with shoplifting. Uh, you, you see what's happening here, right? You see what's happening here. Uh, restorative justice is something I believe in. Wasn't made for this. This is not why we have restorative justice as a dynamic inside of the criminal justice system. What they did is they utilized something that Black Lives Matter and others have pushed for in order to protect one of their own. That's what they did here. But I will allow the attorney to weigh in on this and, and also uh, give us an idea of how difficult it is to make a mistake to grab your gun when you think you're grabbing your taser? <laughs> I mean, we certainly do not want police officers who are trained, who we assume are going to protect and serve, making this kind of mistake. And like you said, this is not an isolated incident. This is an unacceptable mistake. But separate from that, 
separate from our grave concerns that we should all have about police training and the quickness with which somebody reaches for a weapon, let me tell you, as a defense lawyer, have my clients ever been offered restorative justice? I, I agree. I'm pushing for that too. We need reform that includes non-carceral solutions to accusations and allegations. But I never get offered restorative justice. And in this case, what do we have? We have a white police officer being given the opportunity of a lifetime to avoid yeah. serious felony charges. That's what this is. So on one hand, yes, I do want restorative justice and I want it available to non-white, non-police individuals who have been accused. That said, I have not been offered it and I'm not holding my breath. Let me tell you why I call bull on this and, and maybe this is an implied bias thing, I don't know. But I will say this, I looked at the stats and there's a very small percentage of cops who claim every year that they actually were reaching for their taser, but instead they pulled their gun. Let me tell you why I call bull on that. And, and many people would disagree and I'm fine with that. The reason why I call BS on that is because there's not one incident noted on record of a cop thinking they grabbed their gun, but instead grabbed their non-lethal taser. It's only on record when a cop says, I meant to grab my taser, but I grabbed my gun. I don't see if this is if this is a real thing, it should happen both ways. Number one. Number two, the taser is on the other side of the body than your gun. No matter what jurisdiction you work for, that is common practice in the United States of America. The taser is usually bright yellow. The taser has a different trigger mechanism. The taser is different in size and weight. The taser you have to be certified in order to even use it. I don't understand how this continues to be a mistake. Okay, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still got a lot of show left. Uh, let me remind everyone about our nine days of impact right here uh, at TYT. Today is day eight. I want you to shop uh, TYT's um, shop store, all right? 30% uh, off site-wide for everyone. Uh, help support TYT and other small businesses by heading to shoptyt.com right now. A lot of great stuff. We got a lot of uh, indisputable merchandise. And here's the thing. I was on the website day before yesterday, and I saw that we now have anti-Karen shirts. Antica is here. Make sure you check that out, all right? Take advantage of the discount. Uh, buy a bunch of shirts for your family. Also, you should become a member. Enacting positive change in the world does not happen overnight. It requires us all to work together and strive for a better future. When you become a member of TYT, you are an essential part of that change. Be a member, all right? Join today. Let's hold the world accountable. TYT.com forward slash change. TYT.com forward slash change. Let me read a few of these comments. Mickey uh, see the silver hair dragon. I read about how many more cases this DA screwed with. I would guess that there now must be an investigation into all her cases. Nope, there should be, but there's not. Uh, there could easily be uh, many in prison who shouldn't be there. And if so, uh, most are probably people of color. Yep. All right. Um, I am Sock says, what are, what are the chances that Kemp part is this DA? I don't think so because he got involved early and says some things on the record that leads me to believe he won't do that. 
But anything's possible. These guys flip-flop like the wind. All right. Um, App Happy says, are there any good cops left in America these days? It's a fair question. Um, Fascist Killer says, that is a great question. Obviously, this has been going on across our country for decades where these DAs work in unison with the police department to protect them from the citizenry. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell an African-American man threatening my life. Oh, well, I take it back, okay? We can take a car back ourselves. We're literally in the cold parking. Don't touch her. Let go of the cart, bro. Let go of the cart. You got two minutes. I don't give a The PD right behind me. Yeah, we saw them. You better. The PD, okay? I just called she my dad. She just said to walk it back. Like, what is your problem? But she just said she's going to walk it back, so I don't understand okay. why he's putting his Call hands the on Call the PD. We're going to arrest some people here. What? <laughs> Brooklyn, get your phone. You have your phone? Yeah. Go get your phone. Record this like and call my dad. Huh? Brooklyn, grab my phone so I can call my dad, bro. Huh? It's $315. We're not going nowhere, though. Where are we going? We're literally in front of Cole's right now. You're not going, Cole. You're screwing around. There's someone there. Okay. We're in the Cole's parking lot, though. Call 911. Just back up, bro. He's pulling the car from us saying he's killing. Watch out. Watch out. This is crazy. Insane. Ridiculous. And listen, I just got to say this. To me, my opinion, he actually sounded intoxicated. That's just me talking. Uh, Once again, another Karen. This is a male Karen uh, showing Karenicity. And this time, it looks like he had help. I mean... Uh, obviously his traveling companion was all with it. These were children. These were children. And remember, I've said this before, and I stand by it. When you say call 911, remember what you're doing. You're calling a gun to the situation. You believe there needs to be a gun here in order to resolve whatever conflict is in front of you. Well, this is a made-up conflict. Um, Molly, what are your thoughts here? I totally agree. It's a made-up conflict. And this brand of vigilantism when it comes to involving police is so dangerous, but it is exceptionally dangerous when there are kids on the receiving end of that type of interaction with government. It it terrifies me to think what would have happened if police did show up, like you said, with a gun uh, and approached these kids who are doing nothing more than playing around in a parking lot, not even breaking any laws. But that's not the standard these days for police involvement and for really bad things to come of it. Yeah, very well said. All right, I got something for everybody. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Thank you. 
Extreme, right? This happened back in 2017. There's more. This was on the L train in New York City. This Karen has been identified as Mr. Paul Lawson. We got a picture of Mr. Lawson? It's a clear shot of Mr. Lawson. In now deleted Facebook post, Mr. Lawson, the male Karen, tried to defend his actions. Lawson said that he was a race baiter in this context, not a racist. And that he enjoys getting a rise out of people. He also noted that he was only drinking a Bud Light Lime Arita because it was free, bro. Not that sorry, I feel bad. I use that word, but I was making a point. Lots of comedians do that. It's the first effing amendment. And look at the liberal mob beating up the peaceful protesters now. Effing losers. All right. Uh, he wants to be famous. He wants to be a world-known comedian. Uh, I can help him with part of that. I can help him with the famous part. Uh, this is not the first time Lawson was racist on the train. We got another video. Here it is. Okay, uh, remember, Mr. Lawson says he's not a racist. He's simply a race baiter. Okay, somebody's going to take that bait one day. Molly, what are your thoughts here? Well, you know, there's a lot of people out there who like to be self-proclaimed legal scholars and cite the First <laughs> Amendment. But when I see Lawson, uh, what he's clearly doing is inciting and provoking a violent reaction. And that yeah. is called... Hate speech, it is accepted from the First Amendment. If you use what we call in the legal system fighting words, the First Amendment won't protect you. So I would recommend Lawson do a little more reading uh, when it comes to jurisprudence and what actually is protected speech versus what is not. So you're, what you're saying, attorney, is that possibly somebody may throw them hands and be legally protected. It could be. So when they look at whether speech is protected, it comes down not to the context of what the person is saying, but the conduct surrounding it. Mm. So if you're the self-proclaimed race baiter and you're saying this to get a rise out of somebody, then it becomes fighting words and fighting wow. words are not protected by the First Amendment. All right. Thank you for clearing that up. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay.
All right, welcome back. We still got a lot of show left. Uh, let me read some of these amazing comments. We got a lot of them. We'll read as many as I can. Okay, uh, Jambo Gino says, calling yourself a race baiter, not a racist, is a distinction without a difference. There you go. Yeah. Um, YouTube, Super Chat. TYT has the best guest. Yes! <laughs> That's a compliment to you, attorney. Um, that's from 1020 Carry. Pine Post 4729 says, love this show. Guess what? We love the fact that you love the show. Um, I think this is Benji Bridge. His face drips hate. It really does, doesn't it? Talking about the parking lot, male Karen. Uh, Smatty Dragon. And this is why I can't wear wide shirts anymore. <laughs> the outfit of the white nationalist. Sad. Redefine the culture, sir. Don't do that. All right, racist train mail, Karen. Uh, donkey Teeth Beatles, I think, uh, says, put some bait out there and you just might catch some hands. <laughs> I mean, what do you, exactly, if you're putting bait out there, you want to catch something. All right, that may be the, uh, the desire. All right, there's a former Louisiana cop. He now has 20 years in prison for child porn sexually abusing a retired canine dog. I, I know that sounds insane. Let's put up a picture of this guy. Uh, his name is Terry Yetman, all right? Louisiana police officer would now receive 20 years in prison after pleading guilty to possessing child porn pornography and sexually abusing his dog, all right? Uh, Terry Yetman, 41 years of age, of Minden, uh, pleaded guilty in August to five counts. Count them, one, two, three, four, five of sexually, sexual abuse of an animal and one count of possession of child porn. KTBS and Shreveport reported that each sex abuse charge carries four years in prison to run consecutively for a total of 20 years. The child porn charge carries another 20 years to run concurrently with the sex abuse sentence. He also has, has to register as a sex offender. Uh, Yetman was placed on leave in November 2018, was later terminated. Uh, this is in, in, extreme. Um, Yetman was initially arrested in December 2018, charged with 40 counts of sexually abusing his dog. The dog, a retired police canine, was confiscated by authorities and placed in an animal rescue in Texas. The child porn charges are tacked on in April 2019 after Yetman, who once worked as a canine officer, was identified through a child porn investigation targeting another former law enforcement officer. They ran in a pack, so to speak. Images of child porn were found on Yetman's iCloud account, along with images of him of sexually abusing his dog. Uh, you know, there are some stories that really speak for themselves. What a piece of you know what, right? I insane, extreme, but once again, entrusted. A public servant writing police reports, standing by his word, taking oaths, saying this is the truth in the court of law when you're living such an extreme lie. Molly, what are your thoughts here? 
Well, you know, I am a criminal defense lawyer. I'm a former public defender. I believe that everybody is entitled to a zealous defense, but I got to yeah. say, even for me, I would have to draw the line at not uh, defending this former police officer charged with 40 counts of sexually abusing his canine. Even for me, this one is a little bit uh, too much. But, you know, listen, I'm not surprised that it was him and another officer, both under investigation for the child pornography sting. You um, might be surprised that those in power, particularly law enforcement, uh, do find themselves in positions like this with a shocking frequency. Yeah, yeah, very sad. All right, there's a high school teacher. Listen, high school teachers need to stop this mess. A high school teacher decides it's okay to use the N-word, uh, goes hard ER. Uh, this is a developing story. We're trying to get more information. Let me take you to the video. Here it is. You could have said a bad word except for that word. Exactly. Oh, any word's okay except for that. So the and those are okay? Nobody no. said that. Nobody said that. No, she said okay. I could have said some other word to make you my point. You didn't have to say that word. Hey, I went, I went for the jugular. You're absolutely right. But as you know, my kids are half African American. That still doesn't give you the right Are you? So why does Drake have the right to say it? Because that's part of his culture. That's oh, being girl, calling though? other people part of his I'm quoting him. It? I'm putting it in quotation marks. Yeah, no. So that don't mean you still say it. Stop it, I say. Now, this school teacher is making a justification for using the N-word going hard, ER, and says, no, I can do that because my kids are half African-American. Imagine what he calls his children. This is insane. At this point, you're acting like a child. You're paid to be the professional. You're paid to be the person that provides not only curriculum guidance, but also moral and ethical guidance to your students. If your students are out of line, sir, it is your job to provide corrective remedy, not to engage in the foolishness you're engaging in. Molly, what do you see here? You know, I think this is one of those situations where I don't even, I, I want to take the law out of it and the First Amendment out of it because law is not morality. And yep. the issue with this is that this man is acting immorally in a classroom of children, being so antagonistic and hateful towards children. I don't care if it's legal to say whatever he wanted to say. I am horrified by his personality and demeanor. And I think that's the point here, is that just don't be a horrible person, especially one who's charged with leading the kids in school. There you go, well said. Uh, but they want us to believe that critical race theory, which is not taught in K through 12 education, is the great boogeyman to education now. No, it's people like him. Have you ever been to Little Caesars Pizza? Hot and ready? Okay, all right, I must admit I've been there before. Uh, there's a man in Tennessee who decided to hold up a Little Caesars with an AK-47 after being told that he had to wait for his hot and ready pizza for 10 minutes. Knoxville, Tennessee, this man held up a Little Caesar at Cedar Bluff with an AK-47 rifle after being told his pepperoni pizza would take 10 minutes. Here's the picture of the guy. His name is Charles Doty Jr.
All right, Charles don't play about his damn pizza. Charles <laughs> has now been arrested by the Knoxville Police Department. Officers responded to the restaurant just after 9 p.m. on Friday, where they were told that the suspect identified as Charles Doty Jr. 53 became upset when he was told that his pepperoni pizza would take 10 minutes to make. According to the report, he got upset and demanded a free breadstick order. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm trying to get through this story because it's true. He demanded a free breadstick order and went outside the business to wait for the pizza. Okay. When Mr. Doty returned, he had the rifle in his hand and was pointing it at employees. Obviously, they were terrified, demanding his pizza immediately. The report reads, Doty Jr. reportedly stopped an employee who was trying to leave the Little Caesars asking, and I quote, where in the hell he thought he was going? And a woman waiting in the line ended up giving him her pizza in an attempt to get him to leave. That's a nice lady, because he would not have gotten my damn hot and ready, I promise you that, all right? According to the report, police later tracked him down and arrested him. He is charged with aggravated assault and um, aggravated kidnapping. He comes walking back in and hasn't pointed at anybody yet. I was taking care of a female customer and she was just getting ready to leave. Then he gets the gun. He pointed at me saying, where is my damn pizza? I want my pizza, said former Little Caesars employee, Kimberly, Kimberly Smith. I was shocked it was over a $6 pizza. People can be petty, okay? So obviously, our hearts are with the employees because this had to be one of the most traumatic experiences they've ever had, all right? So I don't minimize the reality of what they went through. But damn, pizza? We're not even talking about Chicago deep dish here. We're talking about Little Caesars, okay? Ben, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a difficult time keeping it together when you said demanded free breadsticks. <laughs> I was like, like he's demanding, like, hey, Little Caesars Pizza is not that good, right? Like, it's, it's definitely not that good, right? Um, and like six dollars, like, like, I mean, come on, come on, like, are people, are we really at a point where people are like holding up Little Caesars Pizza because they want their pizza faster and they want like a free garlic bread, like, like. I don't know because yeah, it's an absolutely terrifying situation for the people who are working there. I mean, they work at Little Caesars, right? Minimum wage, minimum effort, and that is a situation that requires maximum effort. Um, like, yeah. you know, and so it's it's just it's just wild that we're at this place where he's holding up a Little Caesars pizza. I like, I, you know yeah. what? I just, you know, I wonder what he's saying in jail right now because somebody's going to say, "Hey, man, what are you in here for?" Like, how are you going to explain that? Okay, <laughs> you need to just make something up, sir, at this point. Do not tell people why you're actually incarcerated. I hope Democrats learn something from this. Now, I don't like it. I don't like what Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing. But they are standing by their new champion. Let me explain to you what's happening with Kyle Rittenhouse, the person who committed murder, in my opinion. Okay, yes, he was exonerated by a jury, had the most favorable judge, Judge Schroeder, had the most favorable judge imaginable. So now they want to make sure, I'm talking about those on the right, 
They want to make sure that Rittenhouse does not become Zimmerman. They're offering him jobs in the U.S. Congress. He's not qualified. They're offering him now um, awards and honors. He does not deserve them. And now Marjorie Taylor Greene, what has she done? She has filed a resolution to introduce a bill that would award Kyle Rittenhouse the Congressional Gold Medal. Kid you not. GOP Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene introduced a bill this week to award a Congressional Medal to Kyle Rittenhouse, the 18-year-old who was recently found not guilty of murder after he fatally shot two people and injured a third during civil unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin last summer. Green introduced the bill on Tuesday, along with the summary that read, to award a congressional gold medal to Cal H. Rittenhouse, who protected the community of Kenosha, Wisconsin, during a Black Lives Matter riot on August 25th. Now, let me remind you, this is all for political optics for Marjorie Taylor Greene. She wants to say it was a riot, but call the actual terrorist attack on January 6th a peaceful protest. Remember, Marjorie Taylor Greene voted against giving this same medal to the Capitol police officers who defended democracy and defended the U.S. Capitol. But she votes for, she introduces a bill to award that same congressional gold medal to Kyle Rittenhouse. A congressional gold medal is the highest award Congress can bestow on individuals for distinguished achievements. Past uh, participants include, or recipients include, President George Washington, civil rights activist Rosa Parks, and South African leader Nelson Mandela. She wants Kyle Rittenhouse to join the ranks of those extremely noble people. Now here's why I say Democrats need to learn something here. You know what Democrats said when the verdict came out? Joe Biden comes out and says, oh, you know, stand with the jury. At the end of the day, the jury got it. I stand with the jury's decision. Bull! Kamala Harris comes out, vice president, got a whole damn degree from an HBCU, historically black college and university. She comes out with a tweet. The verdict speaks for itself. That's because she doesn't want to speak for herself. Are they doing that on the other side of this? No, hell to the null. They are pushing the needle. And that's why, this is why people that may not agree with their tactics on the right, they're only 28% of the Republican Party. I'm talking about the Trump humpers, the people that like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and that crew. You only got about 28% of the party who actually likes them. Why is it that most Republicans are still down with them? It's because they appreciate their fight. And if Democrats could learn that lesson, they will be unstoppable. If they will stop running away from their own progressive agenda, they will be unstoppable. If they had the same amount of passion and zeal for what's right as Republicans have for what's wrong, they would be unstoppable. Molly, what are your thoughts here? You know, I think you're onto something here because there's no way that Kyle Rittenhouse will be awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor because it requires a co-sponsorship 
of two thirds of Congress and the signature of the president. So it's not gonna happen. So why do it? You do it to get a rise out of people. You do it because you are that type of politician. She's nothing of substance. This is all just performance as usual, but you're right. That's exactly why she's doing it. Not to achieve something, to get a rise out of all of us. It's Marjorie Taylor Greene as she always is. Yeah, and they're standing by their guy. And I've said this before, attorney, uh, you know, politics is chess, not checkers. Uh, in chess, you use power to gain position. In chess, you use position to gain power. Kyle Rittenhouse is the new pawn in their game. But if you are a chess player, you know that if you can move the pawn far enough to the other side of the board, you can make that pawn whatever you choose to. It can become the most powerful piece on that board. And that's what they plan to do with, with Rittenhouse. All right, uh, Molly, great having you on the show. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your work. Sure, you can follow me on Instagram at Molly Palmer, um, Facebook, Palmer Criminal Defense, um, or just Google me, Molly Palmer. Thank you so much, Molly. Thank All right. You. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.